Leaders in tech are burning out at an absurd rate. Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Jury is a no-BS conversation with one of the top female executives who spent over 25 years in Silicon Valley. If you're suffering from the always-on, never-good-enough-will-replace-you-today machine called the tech space, this show's for you. Here's Lisa. Hey there, everybody. Lisa Dury, Control-Alt-Delete. And I have a question for you today, and I'm going to give you three descriptors. I want you to think about this. Wherever you are in your day, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling that work and home are blurring together and maybe you just have this overall kind of inside feeling that you have to do it all? If you said yes to any one of these, you want to listen in today. And I'm not, I'm not thinking about this just through the lens of work, by the way. This can also be home, okay? What I know to be true is that when you have those feelings, you are not at your best. And our guest today helps people with those feelings and that experience of themselves every day. And she's amazing. And today we have Kathleen Fanning here. Kathleen, thank you for being with us. Oh, today. thank you, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, you guys, Kathleen and I were joking about how she should say, you know, oh, I'll be right back. I've got to get the pedal to like walk you through what it's like to have too much to do. Right. And we're cracking up about it. And what I want to say to you is the reason you want to listen into Kathleen today is I've known Kathleen for two to three years. I don't even remember yeah, the minute I met her, she became a fast friend mm -hmm. and um, she was overwhelmed trying to do a Facebook live. And I walked up to her being the helper that I am. And I said, Hey, do you want some help? She's like, well, yes. Cause what the hell am I doing? Right. And we were giggling about it because whenever you try something new, aren't we our worst critic? And don't we always just feel like, Oh gosh, everyone can tell. But I want to tell you, Kathleen's first Facebook live was brilliant. And she since then challenged herself and did 30 days and she's always adding value. And I invited her. She got a personal invitation from me because of what she's sharing with her clients and in the communities that she and I are part of, it, it can't be a secret. This needs to get out. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you have to do it all, if work and home are just a blur, I just want you to make sure you're leaning in today and listening to this because Kathleen's going to help you with some tangible, actionable things you can do right now. And then also some things to think about in the future. So Kathleen, let me read your formal intro. You know, let's make Thanks, it super Lisa. official. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kathleen Fanning. Oh my gosh. Kathleen Fanning is a resilience coach and trainer who supports women who are senior leaders in business and higher education. I'm going to stop for one second and say, if you're not a woman, you still want to listen in. Mm. If you're not in business or higher education, you still want to listen in. So as business owners, we're always clear on our niche, right? Who we really serve. But guess what? Those senior leaders in business and higher education, their moms, their daughters, their spouses, their sisters and cousins. So whether or not you are her ideal audience, who she helps every day, you can count on me to translate. And you can also count on yourself to see the connection here for anybody that you love and anyone that you lead. So let's make sure we're clear on that. Okay. So um, Kathleen's clients experience overwhelm, lack of boundaries between work and home, and a sense of they have to do it all. Now, I could put an exclamation point on this, but I think we know, right? They have to, it's all on them, that person. Nobody else, you got to do it all. Um, through coaching, she helps them see the bigger picture, how to prioritize so they can delegate, and I love this, and create space for more strategic work. And put a dot, dot, dot on this, Kathleen, because I know the more strategic work is also life-giving and energizing. Am I right in that? That's right. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. So, Tell us, tell us why this matters, Kathleen. Why are you on this? I, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to add into what you said there. Yeah. The whole uh, lack of boundaries and feeling you have to do it all. Hasn't that increased a hundredfold working from home? Oh, listen. Who I is not men and women thinking that somebody, I better be here till all hours because I have to be even more efficient and more productive. Sorry, no, I love, no, listen, you, you can interview me. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> yes, it has. I'm going to say yes to that. And I'm actually going to pause. I'm going to land it um, in my own brain. So I can really harness what you're saying, because before the pandemic, this was already a problem. And what I'm hearing you say with your question, which is brilliant, by the way, is how much more is it now? And how much more needed is this conversation? And how it's, it's like imperative. And that's really why I wanted you to come on today, because you might have thought you had it before and you could like hide it all and figure it all out. And I didn't because that's how I burnt out. Yeah. But now guess what? 
exponential pressure, right? I love the thing you guys need to know about Kathleen. She's going to ask you the right question. Like, boom, she just started it. Like it was awesome. (laughs) Yes. So why is it important now, Kathleen? What are you seeing? What's going on? What's happening? And and this men and women, as you said too, that just have this sense that because they're working from home at the moment, they have to be seen to be even more productive, even Mm -hmm. more at their desk. Like, and, and yet they know it's crazy. You know, they're doing longer hours and it's a, a strange thing that like so many, uh, I'm thinking of a couple of clients that said, you know, if we were in work, we'd walk to the, the restaurant or the canteen for a cup of tea, but they nearly don't feel they can do that when they're home. You know, this is so important. So when I burnt out, I never ate lunch except at my desk. Actually, one of my colleagues would go get her lunch and just drop something on my desk and I'd eat it. She was so loving. Like I never asked. She just never even, she knew I would never ask for help. So she's just like, Lisa needs nutrition. Here comes the food, right? Yeah. I never walked. Um, I just always sat at my desk. And when I took my leave and I rebooted, hence control alt delete. That's why we're here, right? I started having walking meetings. I'd say, okay, let's, let's walk around. Let's just get out of the, let's get out of our space. Right. And people were like, wow, this is really helpful. And they were super, um, they wanted to support me too, by the way. Some of them probably didn't feel like walking. Right. But they were like, Lisa's trying. So let's go. Yeah. 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 How do we hold ourselves to different standards? Like what are the, I guess the question that's coming up for me is what's the standard you're holding yourself to. Mm. Right. And what message are you sending your team and your loved ones and how you're holding your standards? Yeah. I guarantee you it's time to look at that. Absolutely. Yeah. And what fear is there underneath? That that just struck me now. Yeah. Do you know this fear that we have that comes up every so often of being found out or something? Yeah. It's crazy. You know? Like no matter how excellent people can be in their role, there's still that that judge, that critic that's kind of saying, Are you doing enough? Are you seen to be doing enough? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's so interesting about the fear piece. So One of the things I say all the time to our listeners and the clients that I work with in tech, there's this overarching sense of always on, never good enough, we'll replace you tomorrow. I can tell you, I know that fear for sure, that that runs through every person's head because tech basically manages budget with layoffs, right? It's not, let's be creative with the system or let's really, you know, add more people to the problem. It doesn't work like that, right? And so I think, one of the fears is this like unspoken, I said yes to this type of environment, this culture. And so I better make sure that I'm always on and good at more than good enough. And I don't want to get replaced. And so I think it comes down to job security and then environment and also leadership, at least the clients that I'm working with. Yeah. But isn't Um, it funny that it can be there even when the job security is there? The job security is usually there, Kathleen. You know what I mean? High, like, you're brilliant. It's there. Just get the job done. Exactly. And in, and in higher ed, you know, what right? so many of my clients are from, 99% of them have tenure. So they have a secure job, but there's still that, I, I don't know. I wondered, is it something we pick up as children or I don't know. I suppose oh, I not, think I'm so. not a, Listen, I know I'm not a therapist and neither are you, right? But yeah. I got to tell you. You know, we learn a lot from the systems in the sure that we grown up in. We sure do. And then yeah. we learn by the leaders that come before us. We get molded that way, right? That's yeah. kind of, we're observant. Humans are observant and you pick up Completely. on the social cues and then you get right in line, right? Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it takes courage to go, yeah, I'm going to have a boundary and no, yeah. I'm not going to be back to back. And yeah, I'm not going to be on camera for Zoom right now. Like those, that takes courage. Mm. Right. And I'm going to build in a few minutes between one meeting and the next. Exactly. Because I come in late and because I've been delayed in the first meeting. And then I'm thinking yeah. people are judging me for being late and crazy yep. stuff. Yeah. And how many times do we just say sorry instead of, yeah. you know, thank you for your support while I finished up this client call? Oh, yeah. sorry, I'm late. Like, how different That's is right. it when you stand in that thank That's you? Right. Like, That's for those right. of you who are listening in, Kathleen and I were scheduled earlier. And I had something going on. And so I reached out, I said, Hey, I, you know, thank you for your support with the reschedule. And I did say, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, Mm. of course, but I also really reflected Mm. that. And then when we got on the call right now, I said, again, thank you for your support. Mm. I don't think I said, I'm sorry today. Did I? No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you didn't need to either. Cause I said, 
it's absolutely fine. And it was. Yeah. And I think that's true for so many meetings, especially your regular meetings when life happens, you can miss one and the world's not going to end. Yeah. Right. Oh, we have a culture of meetings and meetings and meetings for meetings and everybody needs to be at the meeting. And one of my clients now has been working on, which particularly with committees that he has a choice to be on. Yes. That an invitation doesn't necessarily mean a requirement. I love that so much. So what's going to give me joy? What's going to bring, increase my expertise? What can I, which group can I bring something to the table to? And it's yeah. so freeing then. Oh, so freeing. I, yeah. yeah one, of, one of my clients this week was basically very similar to you. Like I'm on all these core teams and they're just not going anywhere. And, you know, I really, I get so frustrated, right? I'm just like, I just, you know how people get, right? Really frustrated. And then I said, are you more frustrated that you're in the meeting or the way the meetings run? And it got really quiet. He was like, I'm more frustrated. I'm in that damn meeting. I shouldn't even be in there. I'm like, well, then why do you say yes? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Right. So you go down that path. Right. And, yeah. you know, I guess spoiler alert for everybody, what Kathleen and I are really talking about is being clear in your personal choices, yeah. right. And standing in your personal power, because yeah. um, that's when you no longer can blame it on others, you know, blame the problem, not the people. That's and right. So if the problem is I don't have enough time, go look at where you have choice. Yeah. Right. It's not so-and-so says I have to be in the meeting. I'm sure you can figure out a way in general. Okay. This is not for the completely toxic workplace where you have the total a-hole boss and you can't do a damn thing. I'm talking about the general population. General. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But we give that responsibility over so easily. So we forget the choices that we have. I know certainly I can, you know, I I can relate to it. And then you catch yourself and you say, well, no, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even we run our own businesses and my daughter are like, mom, why do you work so much? You know, can we take a break once in a while? And I, and I think about it and I'm like, wait, I run my own business. I have, yeah, I have more power than I, anybody. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. one of the things that I learned in corporate when I was inside was meeting management, really blocking my calendar for thinking time and working time. And yes, I would move a meeting uh, that I would move that I would take the lift off if necessary. But when I never had that blocked, every minute got filled. Yeah. So that was one of my first revelations of, oh, yeah. wait, I do own my calendar. Even if I don't own my business, I own my calendar. Exactly. Yeah. And funny now, I can remember being on a, a time management course. Gosh, it must be nearly 20 years ago. T- time Management International. I don't, they were like the biggies. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Yep. Do you yep. remember? And you got a very complicated diary that I could <laughs> never. <laughs> it was way beyond my brain. Yes, right. But the point I want to make is that they they made the absolute right point that managing our time should be part of our work day. Yeah. 20 years later, right. How many people could sit in an office and say, well, actually I'm planning now for the next week or I'm planning for tomorrow. Yeah. And feel okay with that. Yeah. It's almost like you feel guilty for thinking time and you know, what's really fascinating. I love that. I just love the organic dialogue I get to have with my guests. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, um, I learned the hard way and I continuously remind myself because I don't think society makes it okay. But when you think about, you know, education and the industrial revolution, you were basically training people about being compliant in a process, right? Let's make all the parts for the train this way, right? You're, you're going to go into a place where you don't have to think you just do right. That was yeah. back then. Yeah. Now we're in, you know, we're in a totally different world with information. Yeah. I mean, we have AI and machine learning, and yet we're not recognizing and celebrating people's thinking time, like being. And what I really know is that my best innovative ideas, my best aha moments, they don't happen when I'm in a meeting, actively listening to somebody else. They happen when I'm walking the dog, if I'm in the shower, perhaps I'm, you know, just in the morning reflecting on my day. So I know this, and yet I still see leaders, including myself sometimes, because listen, human here, right? Not blocking that time. And I, I, when we talk about resilience and really thinking about dealing with ambiguity and stress, I, I gotta, I, I just want to shout at the rooftops that that thinking time reflection, that's magical. You know, how do you make that point with your clients, Kathleen? What maybe you have a different way to say it, and our listeners will be like, oh. Lisa said that 17 times, but now I get it because Kathleen said it, you know, like, what's your, what's your take on that? 
I think for me, it connects with where I see myself on the totem pole. <laughs> Do you know, Ooh, if, hey, more. if I, well, that overused perhaps term self-care, mm-hmm. I think it connects with. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I will start putting myself first, I'm thinking back to Dan, to how many other people that talk about put the oxygen mask on first, yep, yep. you know, that I think it, to me, it feeds in, it's just another thread in terms of how do I take care of myself so that I can be the best for other people in my life at work mm-hmm. and at home. Mm-hmm. And I think that includes that thinking time. It also includes just being, being in myself. Yeah. Taking note of, you know, how my body is reacting to a question, to a challenge, to a request. Mm-hmm. So it is that setting aside that time, but it's also, I think, so many other strands that kind of fit into how do I keep myself grounded so that I'm able to respond rather than react. Because don't we spend most of our life just the ping pong ball comes and totally. I hit it back and I hit it back and I hit it back. Totally. Yeah. Instead of letting that ball fly and then right, maybe yeah. I'll Pick get the, the next one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, I was I just had a visual. I play um Nintendo and we have this batting game and the balls keep coming in faster and faster. And like I don't hit every ball. I pick the one I think I can really hit. Okay. But do I, you know, but do we do that in work? No, everything that gets lobbed over. Right. Yeah. But yeah. we feel we need to. We feel we have to. You know, and it's mm-hmm. but again, if I'm not taking that thinking time, if I'm not taking time to get outside and walk, if I'm not breathing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's so many pieces that come into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm operating as so many of us, you and I have been. Please God, we're not now operating yeah. on that fight or flight. Totally right. So, if people are in that, that's one thing that hopefully has decreased with the working from home. But maybe they've substituted the commute and the traffic triggers with sitting at the desk and wondering. I wonder what my boss is thinking now if he saw me sitting here and I'm not getting a lot done right now or. Yeah. Yeah. Or is the board, you know, if we don't make our numbers this month, are they going to blame it on me? Cause I worked yeah. from home. It's like, it's insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yet it's real for people. And you know, the fight or flight piece that I know we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. When you think about, um, we are not going to get eaten by a tiger. Do you know that yet our body <laughs> thinks we are, and Absolutely. it's an email or it's a meeting. And the thing that I learned, and it took me a long time, and I'm, you know, I think this is my earthly curriculum, is really getting clear on what my tigers are, because there's not a real tiger coming at me. There are a couple of things that I prioritize as a tiger, but when I'm in fight or flight, and I feel like it's life or death for whatever, you know, if I bomb a presentation, yeah, there's going to be some cleanup to do. I might lose a client, but I'm not going to die. You know, if I get laid off, yeah, I got some bills to pay and my ego is going to be just wrecked, but I'm not going to die. Do you know? And like, so that's just my own, that's my own lens. And that's been something I have to ask myself, you know, am I going to, what's really feeling like imminent death when it's just, you know, stress or somebody I was um, listening to, oh my gosh, I can't. I'll remember her name in a second. This is how my brain works, but she talks about stress. Uh, Kelly McGonigal. She talks about stress actually meaning it's something you care about. That if I'm feeling like a presentation, if I'm feeling the tiger is going to eat me and my fight or flight happens, it just really means you really care, Lisa. And so you can either level up like the Olympic champion. So rise to the challenge, or you can tend to befriend and call your friend Kathleen and go, I'm feeling like I'm giving this too much energy. Can you help me? Right. So there's other ways we can deal with fight or flight that I think, you know, we're not even really talking about or seeing. And I know you live in this resilience land. Like this is your passion. This is, this is something so important to you, Kathleen. So just take us on a journey of fight or flight. Like what are some tips to get out of that and to get back into your, your body? I heard breathing. I heard pausing. And the parachute breath. Have you heard that described? Give me the parachute breath. Come on. I think I think this is just fantastic. It's yeah. so simple. So I always think in terms of my hands that fight or flight were up here. Okay. Up at the we top. Have an ex- yeah. We have an expression in Ireland of someone being up to high dough. 
I presume Ooh, it's, up to high dough. So, okay. like and it. that's not that's not a good thing. That's not you a good know, thing. But but a feel. <laughs> No, and usually it's somebody looking at you saying like, calm down. Okay, <laughs> so got it. we're up there and the whole system with the cortisol, the adrenaline and everything kind of in action. And the the parachute breath, which is a, a, a breath in through our nose and then a long breath out through our mouth. So okay. a normal exhalation and a longer, seemingly that brings us from fight or flight to a relaxed state you know i do that already i didn't know what it was called before i respond to my daughter sometimes right and she can see it yeah. on my face i'll be like yeah. you know breath. yeah i'll be like you know em i'm feeling heightened about this i want to go think about it I'll, i'm going to get back to you in 10 minutes give me give yeah. give me 10 minutes to think i do that with my daughter i wonder if that's called a period. That's fascinating. And it actually yeah. has the, it, the chemical change. That's amazing. So to me, that is, yeah. And like you, you use it with them. You say, you know, we can use it in, in any situation, but yeah. it's also one I find that can be helpful with sleep. So you don't want to do it too long, maybe if we're <laughs> in the workplace, <laughs> but when we're trying to get to sleep, I find it kind of bring it, it gets us into that. Sleep That's interesting. Relaxed rhythm. Yeah. Because listen, how many people are having anxiety and, you know, oh, sleep issues? It's, it's sleep rampant. Sleep is a huge, it's like an it's epidemic. Huge. It is. Yeah. And, and we're also, and I think there's an element to this with stress too. We talk about it so much. I talk about it so much. It becomes nearly an obsession. Do you know? Yeah. I look at my Fitbit. How many, how many right. hours did I get last night? Yeah. Do you know? But it is such an important thing. And they say that children and adults are getting at least an hour or two hours less sleep than we would have gotten maybe twenty years ago. So yeah. it's not. It's it's not a good thing. It's so not a good thing. To, we need to address it. Another thing in terms of the, the fight or flight, well, that's the thing in the moment, okay? Mm -hmm. What you said about the, the tiger, uh, it is knowing our, our triggers and yeah. looking at the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I hear my mother, I'm sure you do too, all these sayings that we oh, yeah. grew up. Some of them you don't want to think about, but then <laughs> others are wonderful. And my mother would say, it's not the killing of a man, you know? And it was like, what does that mean? But it's just what you said. It's not yeah. life or death. Yeah. And she'd be trying to teach us to keep it a bit in perspective. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Can I share mine? So yeah, it wasn't my mom, it? it's my dad. My dad used to say, what are they going to do? Shave your head and send you to Vietnam? And I'd be like, no, that's not <laughs> even possible for me. Like I used to be like, what in the hell are you talking about? Yeah, and I'd look yeah. at him and he'd be like, one day, kid. This is my dad. He's very like, yeah. one day, kid. And I kid called him, you know, one day I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I got yeah. it. It's like, what's the worst thing? Yeah. And I said, you know, dad, <laughs> you might've just said, what's the worst thing and help me identify it because yours, <laughs> did not, you know, so I always say that to leaders too, just because you have a phrase, they might not know what the hell it means. That's it's right. not the killing of a man. You're, they're not shaving your head saying, you know, yeah. hello. Say <laughs> That's true. How many, right? how many years did it take to figure it out instead of yeah. being explained? I, I love know. it so much, but you know, we love our parents. This is like my, and I've said this to my dad, so this is nothing new for anybody, but yeah. yeah so thinking about what's the worst and asking yourself in yeah. the moment, Yeah. right? Cause you yeah. said something I think is really important to double click on too. You said react or respond, oh, right? Yeah. How much time right now are people reacting mm -hmm because of the back-to-back, -back, everything crunched, right? Mm. My goal, I even, um, Kathleen and I set our intentions before we went live. And, you know, if I was um, with a client, one of my intentions is always to respond and not react. Because as a coach, right, a facilitator, you don't want to take on their stuff. You need to hold space for that. And I think yeah. that's true for leaders, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And so you think about it, okay, react or respond. Maybe the intention you just said is, Today, I choose to be responsive and not reactive. And then you, you basically obligate yourself to make some of these choices, but yeah. to be intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for the leader, for the, the people at the top, not to be frenetic, not yeah. to be kind of like, you know, in the hamster wheel with the panic or whatever, because uh, that just spreads down to people too. You yeah. Know? So everyone has a responsibility because 
my panic can rub off on you. I, I remember I started my career in Montessori. I was a preschool teacher. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, oh. and I'd have to say it formed me in terms of my teaching, my training, my coaching, you know, follow the child, follow the learner, follow the client. Mm -hmm. But I can remember when parents would bring their children in and they'd be fine. And then they'd be at the door and then the tears would come. And then the Mars bar would come out from the mother's pocket. Yep. So I'm like, <laughs> there's yeah. one smart little cookie there who's figured oh, yeah. this one out. But the other thing was when one child would cry, all start totally running. totally and i think we have the same we pick up on a panic we pick up but we also pick up on joy when somebody brings in a different energy yeah yep we mightn't figure it out you know but we think gosh you know that's there's something really infectious and that uh, that is i think something we have to be conscious of yeah. That we've we've spoken in, I know I've been writing about it on LinkedIn, this idea of the kind workplace. And one of our, our coaching pals, Donnie, wrote something as simple as a smile. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I really want to let's go in, let's go all in on the kind workplace. Like let's okay. model what let's talk about and model what that why that matters right so i think your linkedin post which i know i jumped right on and was all like oh i'm gonna have i have an opinion on this one mm -hmm. um it was like is a kind place a kind workplace even possible was that the question you posed that's right yeah. yeah yeah so when we think about a kind workplace even a kind home a kind family system a kind whatever yeah. Yeah. uh yeah i love it so much because it actually starts with each individual and then the mm -hmm. collective right mm -hmm. So talk to me about the kind of workplace. What's your, what, where, where's your head at on this right now? It's funny because it's, it's a, it's a term that emerged somehow or other, you know, I'm sure I'd read something with it, yeah. but I love that term kind. Mm -hmm. I think it has a, even as we say it, there's a tone to it. There's something old fashioned yet timeless mm -hmm. and simple. Yeah. You know, and again, sayings, I'm sure you heard this too. If you can't say something kind, don't say anything right. at all. Do you know, we, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all in there today. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> they're they're actually, that, that one I get. You don't have to like translate. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you know, it's about compassion. It's about not jumping to judge the other, mm -hmm. given, given a bit of leeway not taking offense, which we do. But again, you, like you, you hit the nail on the head when you said about, uh, we're still, our brain, part of our brain is still operating as if we are in the yeah. caves. Yep. Yeah. You know, Rick Hansen, have you come across Rick Hansen? No. He's uh, wonderfully on happiness and meditation and neuroscience. But he says, and I think this is so true, our brain is Teflon for the positive and Velcro for the negative. Oh, amen. Right. And under stress in that fight or flight mode, which people can be on for years, yep. <laughs> do you know, they're always on the lookout for perceived slight or a perceived judgment mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. so the kind workplace is planting the seeds you know it's yeah. creating the garden I suppose that and and we know that that works like it doesn't it sounds all oh schmaltzy and you know yeah. woo syrupy woo. yeah <laughs> but it actually retention is higher mm -hmm. job satisfaction people perform better we yeah. know this to be true yep yeah and yet they're still a holding on to kind of the other stuff well, you know, I think it's just time for a collective. Um, now I'm going to get all woo. It's like a collective awakening, yeah. right? And when you think about if you give yourself time to reflect and you look back even on the last six months, and I don't care when you're hearing this episode, it doesn't matter. But if you look back on the last six months in your life, like what inspired and motivated you more kindness, you know, you know, or like yeah. venom, what inspires you more to be your best self, um, yeah. acceptance and grace or judgment, right? It's such a basic question and it's so powerful that I, I feel like sometimes as humans, we just overcomplicate it. It's, it's a, such a simple pull through. Simple. Yeah. It was, they call the golden rule. And then they changed that to treat people how they want to be treated, not how you want to be treated. Right. 
Um, but I think kind is kind. <laughs> you know, you don't got to have a rule. You just go kind no. is kind. One of the things, yeah. um, Brene Brown, who I just, you know, I yeah, love her work, her research and how she talks, but she says clear is kind. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, how true mm-hmm. is that when you lead a team or you're, you know, planning for your family? Clear is kind. Tuesday mm-hmm. night, we're having tacos for dinner, right? Not Tuesday night, I'll make dinner. Everybody knows tacos are coming and nobody gets to complain. And you have all this up and down about the tacos, much less. Yeah. You know, that report that you delivered to the customer, I really appreciate your proactiveness and that, that graph you used was proprietary. It shouldn't have been in there. So that's not going to happen again. And let's make sure not you suck and you blew it up. It's like, exactly. This is the part we need to change. Right. And the clarity is in what it is and how we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I just love that. So a kind workplace is also clear. Yeah. Goals and responsibilities. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And what comes to mind for me there too relationship I think everything is about relationship whether it's like our relationship me in a shop you know me doing business with somebody somebody you know my client whether the the relationship is for a a very short period of time or an ongoing like what you just said the feedback that's given yeah yeah it's only as good as the relationship is and that's where the kindness is at the so if I I could hear anything from you because I'd know you'd be looking out for my best interest. You would want the best for me. You'd want me to do better at my job. Mm -hmm. But if I heard this other manager kind of being incredibly judgmental and harsh, Mm -hmm. I would pull back. Of course. Yeah. You'd shut down. Right. I mean, that's just protectiveness. Yeah, exactly. So kindness and building up that relationship where there's that sense of trust, mm-hmm. where I've been blessed. I've worked, I have had two wonderful managers, leaders in my uh, career. And both of them, you'd go to the ends of the earth to do mm-hmm. what you could for them. Yep. And they created that culture, they created all, and they weren't, you know, I don't know, what would you say? There was no apparent big ego out there Mm -hmm. you know it was just but gave you autonomy and they're just those pieces that just mean so much I think and they work they work they totally work so let's okay I just had a divine hit so I'm just going to go there when I think about the people you work with in higher ed Mm. right and I think about the leaders that I work with in tech I believe there's a common framework here both are recognized and rewarded for their brilliance yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's something that like, I am the expert. I have my PhD. I yes. know what I'm doing. I know what yes. I'm talking about. Yes. That in yes. the world that we're in now, the only way to be an expert, it's like, that has to be a constant focus, right? Because technology and life changes so fast. And one of the things I think about that leads to an unkind situation mm-hmm. is someone who's so caught up in that one definition of what makes them valuable. In other words, my domain expertise, my technical expertise, right? Mm -hmm. And what gets lost, I think, in that is the humanness side, Mm -hmm. because we're so focused in like the one lens of my brilliance instead of who I am and what my character is. It's like, well, but I know what I'm talking about. I've got my, I went to MIT, I have my PhD, right? And so one of the things I love working with them on is, okay, but how are you treating people? Do people trust you? Are you, you know, someone who wants to, you know, share the knowledge or shame someone for not knowing it? Because just because you have it, that doesn't make you a good leader. That doesn't make you a good person. It certainly doesn't make you kind. No. So talk to me about that. How can experts and you, and I know you see it in your world too, start to really get clear on core values of kindness and um, remind themselves that when you're feeling triggered, that perhaps someone's questioning your brilliance you can still be kind. I think, do you know, it struck me as you were describing that there too. It's the fallacy that when I project this all knowing I'm the expert, I I think of the person, it's like when I do presentation skills years ago and I'd be saying, you know, if you put yourself up behind the podium, people are far more likely in the audience to kind of want to find a gap or a mistake or something. Whereas when you move forward and you engage with the the audience, 
you've won them over and they forgive if you make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So I guess where am I going with that? That I think there is a a real lack of confidence underlying that. Mm. Do you know right. there's a fear yes. that I it's like the emperor's new clothes. I have to if if people found out. So I think in coaching or in working with someone like that, you really would help want to help them to find their giftedness in other areas. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. they have to see that they have those before they'll start using them. You know, it's it's so interesting when I think about the people that I, I am lucky and honored to get to work with. Mm -hmm. They do have um, self-awareness and they do have a heart. And yeah. yet the, the environments they're in continuously recognize and reward technical expertise. Okay. Sometimes so they get stuck in their own conflict. Like, I feel like sometimes they might feel like, is that all there is? I'm just like a brilliant person. And I don't mean that like, it's so funny to say it out loud. I know, right? but, but you it know, is, I also, yeah. you know, I have two kids and I want to go to soccer or I really believe we could, you know, charge more for this yeah. product. Or I think we should change this whole policy, but you're only coming to me in this one lane and I have so much more to offer too. Yeah. But then it's like, well, I better hold on to that because that's yeah. my brand. So it's almost, I think a kind workplace is one that embraces the humanity, the complexities mm -hmm. of humanity within the organization. And I mean, that's no small feat because listen, humans are not easy, right? And here's the thing, perfection doesn't exist. So be perfectly imperfect. I mean, I had to learn this so many times in my lifetime too, Yeah. but the best leaders are the ones that make mistakes and say, oh, I oh, thought it was this. Let's all rally together. What ideas do you yeah. have? Those are the leaders yeah. I want to work for. Yeah. Right. Because you're including me and we're a part of the solution. We're not just yeah. sitting out here where you could tell us, you know, you lob that ping pong ball over, which is the action item. Yeah. That's not engagement. That's deli that's, you know, command and control. That's yeah. not connection. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where does that start? Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I believe that each of us contribute. Do you know, it's much harder and, and like you are clear in a toxic environment, it's just protect yourself, keep yourself, you know, from getting yeah. crushed and get out of there if you exactly. can. Mm -hmm. Do you know, but if it's like what you describe, where it's, we're not doing things intentionally, but the climate hasn't fostered any of the things you've described. Yeah. Somebody has to take a risk. And does it need to be someone, because it was interesting on the LinkedIn post, people were saying, yes, it has to be from management, has to, I don't know, I wonder, can it come is there like a revolution that needs to happen? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Do I we mean, need to, at whatever level we're at, mm -hmm. you know, start to make the changes, start to acknowledge each other, start. They're the people that are always remembered. Absolutely. When you think back on a job, like your, your colleague bringing you lunch. Exactly. I was just going to say, uh, I will never forget that. I felt so no. loved and seen. Yeah. Yeah. not judged it wasn't like you need to go eat lunch come on i'm exactly. taking exactly give you a it lecture like, about it yeah i'm not going to change who you are right now i get your focus and i and i care enough about you to get you some nutrition so here's yeah. i'll never forget there's the first time i ever had a tuna sandwich with cranberries on it and i thought <laughs> what the hell is this right and i thought well i'll eat it because it's here it was delicious <laughs> But it, I would have uh, never. <laughs> no, no. I think I might. Right? I, I, I would have like, wanted to have been hungry. <laughs> just move it off to the. I thought, well, this is Isn't interesting. But I also, I also trusted that she wouldn't give me something that was. She's not yeah. going to go make me a shit sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. okay, I'm going to try something new. And I think love belongs in the workforce. This is what we're talking oh, about. Absolutely. Talking about love. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And yeah. here's the thing. I think it is a revolution. I don't think it's just mm -hmm. at the top. I think as colleagues, you're in the trenches together and there's nobody better equipped to actually see you, feel you and have your back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's not necessarily always the boss. Now the boss has a huge role in this. Okay. And listen, leadership affects leadership. I might have a writer downer. It's coming to me, but what I want to say is, you know, you're talking about um, energy is contagious. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think anxiety is contagious as is mm -hmm. joy leaders who are just like butt puckered running around the sky is falling and everything's broken all the time instead of celebrating the small wins mm -hmm. and you know highlighting things that are going good like what you look at is where what you measure is what you get absolutely where you put your focus yeah. yes that's what grows yeah. that's what they know from research the yeah 
it gets bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. you know? It's yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, I was looking and I have it in front of me, the resilience Institute had a report out the global resilience report, which it's business insights and evidence of impact of resilience, which by the way, Kathleen is a specialist in, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things they said is that a good business has two organizational development objectives. This is it. Reduce risks and uncertain, unnecessary suffering. That's prevent problems and pain, mm -hmm. right? And raise, pro raise the productivity and fulfillment of work. Achieve more enriched life. Mm -hmm. That's kind of work. That's being kind of, that's having love in the workplace, right? Yeah. Prevent yeah. suffering and problems, problems and pain, and achieve more and enrich life. Like people don't go to work just for a paycheck. No. They don't. No. Yeah. No. So and when we're I say finding that, more, mm -hmm. sorry there. No, we're finding more in terms of resilience, how important that network is. That that's a whole exactly. aspect of what keeps people strong in adversity and maybe that's the challenge too in working from home that i'm not having that cup of tea i'm not having the chat over the the water cooler mm -hmm. or whatever so that is uh, kind of a missing piece but yeah what you described there is just yeah so talk to me about the network so for the, everyone listening in who's blurred work and home whatever blurred whatever there are no boundaries right now right they feel like they have to do it all and they're just overwhelmed because guess what? Everybody has a right to be there right now. It's, it's yeah, no, this is not a surprise. You know, what, what's the first step they should take? And, and it, it has to be small, right? Because it's like, okay, if it's too big, it's just one more to do. Yeah. But, you know, so I come to you and I'm saying, Kathleen, I'm overwhelmed. Everything is blurred. I, I can't even breathe. It's just crazy. Like, what's your advice to people listening? What's one thing they can do today? Reach out to somebody. Hmm. Do you know when you, I know this to be true, everyone knows this to be true, that when it's in my head, when it's in my body, when it's in, when I'm in that panic mode, I'm just feeling all these senses and, and the same story going around and around and around. Mm -hmm. When I tell somebody else, somebody I trust, could be a colleague, could be a friend, could be my partner, whoever it is, mm -hmm. just somebody that isn't going to judge you. Right. Just the first step of getting it out. I love and that that's, so much. And that's where they're, you know, I find it so interesting that the body of work to do a resilience, a lot of it has come from the US military. Mm. PTSD, which you think I think of, and I think I nearly would have assumed everybody experienced that. But no, the people who came through the, the horrors, whole, were the people who were able to share with others, do you know, that had, uh, and, and, you know, it's much more complicated kind of than that in a sense, but yeah, that reaching out, having a network of people, no man is an island, you know, mm -hmm. from 1500s or whenever that book was written, do you know that yeah. we're not, and the more isolated we feel, the harder it is to, to get anything anything right so first step reach out no we're not alone look for support look for help may not be in the workplace ideally it should be but it may not be so mm -hmm. get it get it elsewhere could be therapy but it could be coaching could be mm -hmm. going to a yoga class <laughs> you know we're yeah. we're the, the wonderful thing, we have so many challenges in our current times, but we also have such an abundance of resources. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Does that. I love it. Just... Yeah. I'm actually, if you can see my face, I'm just, I'm processing what you're saying because how easy is that? And yet how difficult do you know? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. what I want to say too, is if you're the one feeling it, reach out, but I also want to invite Yes. Everybody listening right now to think who's one person today that might That's really right. need me. Not that yeah. you have to give them an hour because you don't have an hour, but a text, yeah. a phone call, um, yeah. an email, a song, like send them flowers, whatever. Um, yeah. Everybody's suffering silently, right? And so yeah. sometimes you don't have it in you to reach out, which I, your, your advice is spot on, Kathleen. I instantly thought of what do I need to do? And then I thought of all the people that might just need to hear from somebody else too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And the other thing that showed up when you were talking, I'd love your opinion on this. <clears throat> so many times you're clear on your intention, right? So let's say you call me and I'm in the middle of everything, but I see it's Kathleen. So I pick up mm. and I'm thinking you're going to be like, Hey, do you got the new recipe for this cake or, you know, mm. something light I'm making it up. Okay. But you're really like, I need a friend. I'm overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I have six minutes. Yeah. I, I just not going to answer my phone. Cause if Kathleen calls, she's going to need like 20. Yeah. So I'm starting to think about, you know, being very clear in the intention and having that trust boundary space. Cause I bet if you called and I'm thinking you want the cake recipe, mm. but you're calling me saying, I need a friend and I have six minutes. Mm. I could, I, I believe I could say to you, I have three minutes right now. Let's get as much out as you can. And then let's yeah. set a time later today. And I'm going to call you back. I have a client. Yeah. Wonderful. Like how would that, how would that be? For Wonderful. You? Oh, absolutely. It's the honesty. Cause mm. how often we have the pretend listening. So you've oh, given me, listening, right? yeah. you know, you've given me the six minutes, but you're distracted thinking, oh my God, I got all this other work to do. Yep. Do you know, so just that, just to, and that may, that may change the experience for that other person, even in those three minutes to know that mm -hmm. I've been listened to, I've been heard, I've been yep. accepted and Lisa's there for me in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing I, I noticed about myself early on. I would never, I was the non-listener. And then people would say, are you typing? And I'm like, shit, they heard me typing. Damn it. I thought I was really <laughs> no. being a good listener. We all think we're right? getting the, away with it. Yeah. The whole, like, <laughs> not, not event. Put the phone over here. Put it on. I'm just going to, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, right? <laughs> OMG. Once someone said that to me, I thought, oh, I, I suck. And then I realized I don't suck. I, have, I don't have boundaries. Like yeah. what I should have said, and this is why I'm offering it now, is here's mm. what I have right now. Like mm. you, you matter. Here's what I have right now. And let's schedule the time. And it might even yeah. be two days for some people. It could be a week. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that goes back to boundaries, right? So where are the, tell us about some missing boundaries you're seeing with your clients. Like let's highlight it so people can assess where they might be giving their power or their time away and they don't need to. That, that notion, and you, you read it out there, you know, feeling they have to do it all. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed with how many people who have a team of people to work with, but spend so much time as I term it with the operational pieces. And then there's no time for the strategic that they actually, like you said, enjoy and get life out of and things will grow kind of from that. Mm -hmm. So the, the operational nitty gritty stuff that I don't have to do, I'm spending all my energy on and it's taken me all hours you know, and feeling I have to answer every email that comes in immediately. Mm, right. That crazy, you know, oh. I, I, I say it with a smile, kind of crazy stuff, because we all can fall into it. But that's one. And, you know, and, and I know you, that's you, for the moments that matter, your whole philosophy, where people don't realize how their, their home life is being eroded. Right. Do you know that they, I, one woman that I was working with that said, the kids want me to play games with them at night. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. Yeah. Because I have this important work to do. Mm -hmm. you know, so, it, you know, we, it changed for her because she actually was clear, just like you were saying that she said, okay, let's set aside Tuesday and Thursday. Right. And you that pick is, the games yes. and I'll be ready. Yes. Yes, Instead yes, of yes, coming yes. with that tired, you know, the, the, and it hurt this woman so much. She knew which, you know, that it, mm -hmm. this was not, she wanted that time, but she didn't have the energy emotionally, physically, anything. But then, yeah. and putting a time, people, I have a client who has made a ritual at closing the laptop at Ooh, a certain I love time. That. Yeah. And that, and, he, and he's gotten really good at it, not going back to it. I have a few men and women that are, are mm -hmm. starting to do this, but it's to create, particularly in this working from home space, yeah. when they leave the office, they get in the car, that's nearly a ritual of kind of getting, changing boundaries and going into a new space. But when you're working from home, you have to create something that creates some little bit of space. Yeah. Otherwise it's up, it's on. So I'm going to go in for 10 more minutes. I'll 
you know, put the kettle on, I'll get the dinner started and I can go in and do another 15, 20 minutes. So totally blurred. Yeah, this is and so worn out. Of course, I was just thinking about my own life, which, you know, I think we all do when we're listening to someone like you talk, right? We reflect back. And yesterday, it was just yesterday, I took a nap. And I don't normally nap on weekends because I have what I, you know, I have episodes of mom guilt because that's my time with my daughter, mm-hmm. my husband, family time, whatever, right? Yeah. I was so tired. And I, they allowed me, I say allowed because they were quiet. Do you know? I didn't yeah. ask for permission. I just kind of like, we were watching a movie. I put my head down and just snuck into okay, my sleep. There you go. <laughs> right. So I didn't ask for permission or support. But when I woke up, I said to them both, I feel so much better and I'm so able to be present now. Thank you so much. You know, thank you for your support, not making noise. And they're like, oh, you're such a goofball. Cause you know, I'm very much like this. And, but I really meant that. And I think sometimes letting people know when you're, how do I want to yeah. say this? That transition time or the mom who did the Tuesdays and Thursdays game night, right? Letting people know, I want to give you my best. And right now I don't have it. So, but Tuesday we could have it. Like I can yeah. plan for that. That's something yeah. beautiful modeling that for your kids too, right? To just be- yeah. I'm not going to be always on. I need some downtime too. And you matter. Let's plan for this. And I think you can do that with work, the schedules, the cadence of your meetings, how often. Um, I think there's a beautiful gift in what you said there, Kathleen. And it brought to mind another client who enlisted her her three little girls Mm -hmm. to help her to put boundaries and not in a, uh, an argumentative kind of way. It was like they were enlisted as the team to, reminder (laughs) that's beautiful right in other words i'm working on this and i want you to be my accountability right exactly yeah i do that at work too yeah 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 this brings up something for me that's so near and dear to my heart i run this program called be her ally and i it's for women who are returning Mm -hmm. to work after taking time off in Mm -hmm. tech and i do this um in partnership with an organization called women back to work and we're doing the be her ally training about what does allyship mean so when we think about what's happening in the world today women are leaving the workforce in unprecedented numbers. I think it's going to have a ripple effect on generations. And you just talked about these um, being an ally with uh, the client and the daughters. And I think you can be an ally at work and you can be an ally at home. So even when it comes to doing the dishes, you know, uh, we used to be like, well, somebody cooks and then somebody cleans. We would like divide the labor. Yeah. And what we're trying to do now is all of us have a piece of the cooking and all of us have a piece of the cleaning. And that feels more like allyship to me where we're in it together. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, I think about this a lot because when you're blending things at home and you're trying to get the laundry done in between your calls and the kid wants this and so-and-so needs that, you know, I just would ask everybody to think about what do you need in an ally and then figure out your explicit ask and the intention behind it, because I think the magic is in, I really want to be present with you. And the amount of laundry we have is so overwhelming to me. I'm just grumpy. Yeah. What ideas do you have on the laundry? How could we work together to solve this? So instead of like, you're the problem or you're not supporting me, it's much more blame the laundry as the problem. And then talk to each other about how might we, you know, how might I be able to be my best so that I'm not doing laundry seven loads a day. Maybe we do it every other day, like (laughs) the creativeness, right? And I just thought I could hear one child say, oh, we just won't wash our clothes. Oh, totally. Right. <laughs> you can stink and I'll do my own. Right. But yeah, how might we? That's I know it's great, though. That's but, an option. Maybe we don't and even the fun of that. Yeah. 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 So and wouldn't that really... be an aspect of the kind workplace? Exactly. too? Exactly. It's about being allies and being kind. Yeah. 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 And okay. being vulnerable, which is such a challenge. We're not, oh. we're, we spend most of our time trying not to show any vulnerability. And now yeah. thankfully, like Brenny Brown and people have taught us that that's actually what it's, I mean, what's it's needed. The, yeah. The human experience is not meant to be uh, a, you know, a solo trip, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I feel like I'm going to just for a second, let's just like circle back. We've talked about stress management. We've talked about allyship. We've talked about resilience, mental fitness, love, kindness, um, toxicity. We've talked about communication and how to ask for what you need. And the right and the first thing is to talk to somebody. So I feel like the, the pull through here is about connection to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. Would you, is that okay? So when you think about all the work that you do and let's just think I'm like really great at writing code 
And I kind of don't really like people because they're really complex. And I like the black and white of my formulas. Um, everybody has a community. Everybody somewhere has other people like them. So do you have any advice for people who just feel like they don't fit and how to find a good connection? You know, when I think about resilience, I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking if I'm stuck and I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I'm thinking that person might well, hopefully will have the network outside of work. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and, and that might be the place so that I'm not feeling isolated. Yeah. Outside of work as well as in work. I suppose what triggered for me was, and this isn't for that person, this is the ally. I, in my experience, I have found this sense of humor being that that person may well have the quirkiest sense of humor, but we don't get to see it very often. Yeah. And the ally, the person who you've described earlier, who was kind enough to to bring the lunch, is probably the person too who would notice that, you know, there's would remember things about that person. Yeah. You know, there's there's an introversion yeah. there probably too. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It, it, those of us that can talk more easily maybe and have a laugh more easily, isn't it up to us to help draw them out, not put them on the spot, but just have that little bit of fun. That's been my experience with people. And then that kind of breaks down and other people start seeing that, gosh, you know, there's a lot more to him than we thought. Yeah. I think about even in school, they have these things called buddy benches now that if you're feeling alone and you want a friend, like we don't have buddy benches at work, right? But what yeah. we do have and what we're talking about is love and kindness and allyship. That's what we're talking yeah. about. And your example is brilliant because if you see someone who's not being included. Oh, that's my big word. I, that was it. just in my head. That's it. I, you are I, you need to be the ally for inclusion. Absolutely. That's your we job. need to have somebody in every workplace should have people that have score high on inclusiveness absolutely notice when and know that experience for themselves yes yeah when you're the last one picked for the basketball team or whatever it is that you know what it's like nobody wants that yeah you know it's so interesting for so long in tech i was you know for many years i was the hr person right surrounded by the engineers and you know they're sitting around talking about switches and flips and tape outs and you know i'm like how am I even going to have a conversation with these people? Yeah. And I, you know, but, and I also thought, man, they really love talking about work. Right. But that was like their safe space. So what happened with me is, you know, I'd bring in songs or I would bring in um, books or I'd bring in movies or I, I'd find some way yeah, to like somehow connect. Way. And then they were like always sitting by me at dinners and sales conferences yeah. because yeah. I was, I had, I brought something new. Yeah. Right. But I was definitely excluded. They were like, oh, HR. Oh yeah. There's the police, blah, blah, blah. I felt that for (laughs) such a long time. And I had to like really um, step out of my comfort zone. And instead I knew I had to be, I knew I had to have a connection in order to be effective in my job. Mm -hmm. But I also have a lot of extroverted tendencies in me. Right. And I don't really, if you think I'm stupid, then I am not your people. That's fine. You know, and I'm okay with that. Um, but so many times I see these beautiful, brilliant minds that mm-hmm. somewhere on ADD, ADHD, highly mm-hmm. sensitive, Spectrum. You know, th- that they're just like their social piece is a little bit off. And yeah. then people are just like, well, they're a little bit off. And I'm like, no, those are the brilliant, amazing yeah. people that if you included, yeah. Yeah. you would, your life would be richer for. Yeah. Those are the ones that don't follow. Those are the ones that have really high ethics and are like, I am playing that stupid ass, whatever. I'm not doing that gamer saying that joke. Like that's not nice. And so this like inclusiveness, this, um, a sense of belonging for us all, regardless of how we're wired, you know, if I could shout it at the rooftops, that's something that's so important to my heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. And I think there are more people that would have that desire to be inclusive, but need to have the courage to show that too. Mm -hmm. Because they're still, you know, we're not that far from the schoolyard and the oh, cliques we're not that and far the, from the you know, and to be, if I want to be with the cool ones, you know, yep. <laughs> I have to be like this or, yeah. and to, to, to know at this stage of life that it's okay to not be there and to be the person who makes the effort with 
the people that aren't finding it as easy to integrate or aren't as cool or whatever it might be. Exactly. Yeah. You know? We're not that far from the schoolyard, Kathleen. No, I mean, don't oh we God, no. I know. Yeah. 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 What an amazing conversation today. We kind of went all around the world. I love it. No, this is why good. I want, this is why we do this because if you think to control alt delete, it's about rebooting, whatever yeah. that is. What we're really yeah. talking about is rebooting into a kind workplace, rebooting oh, yeah. into inclusiveness um, across yeah. every network you have. It's about seeing someone and making sure they're invited. It's about yeah. letting yourself be vulnerable and asking for what you need. Yeah. About boundary setting and clarity on what really matters. It's This is just, a, a, I think this is a very life-giving conversation that so many people will benefit from. And I'm just grateful that you and I like organically just kind of did this little dance around it all. It's just beautiful. And do you yeah. know what just struck me too? I think I'm so tired of that term, the new normal. I'm oh, going to replace right. it with the kind workplace. So that's yeah. what we strive for. And we don't have to be guessing at what this crazy new normal stuff is that we yeah. actively work in a playful way to create what can be just wonderful. Right. Yeah. So aren't we hopeful? We're oh, just well, and we're part of it, right? We're talking about it. Yeah. We're putting it out there. Because listen, is it risky for yeah. you to talk about love and kindness in the workplace? Mm. Yeah. Mm. You're not going to be the cup of tea for everybody. That's mm. okay too. Because guess what? The cup of tea you are for is all in. Yeah. Right. And that isn't that where you want to play at this point in life? Like, yeah, I'm for not sure. messing around. We got things to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we're blessed to be able to support people in making all those changes. Oh my you gosh. Know? It's the I feel like it's I, it's the my privilege. Best privilege. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me this. Riddle me this, Miss Kathleen Fanning. How can <laughs> people find you if they want to? How can people more? find me? www.invest hyphen in hyphen yourself.ie. Because mm. I'm in Ireland. So. First of all, everybody, if you haven't figured that out yet, she's in Ireland and you all must go to Ireland. I, you know, I, before the mm. pandemic hit, I did an annual pilgrimage to Ireland mm. for a week long. And I look forward to you coming oh, again. Oh, I can't wait to see you. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. just the most amazing place. And when I think about invest in yourself, like what an yeah. awesome flipping name, everybody, it's mm. not pay for a class, right? No. <laughs> it's invest in yourself Yeah, because you are the only you. I, yeah. I mean, man, I wish I could steal your name. That's a beautiful name. Invest in yourself and on LinkedIn, right? Yep. So yeah, Kathleen Fanning, is yep. that how it shows up? Okay. Yeah. And her, I mean, I'm always liking and sharing her posts because I'm a huge yeah. fan. So if you can't Thank find you. her, go to me and you'll find it on my activity. Um, one thing I want to know, Kathleen, when we think about energy being contagious, mm -hmm. we talked about joy. Um, what's a song that you go to that and I love watching people when I ask this question, what's your go-to song? Oh, she's dancing already. Yeah. What's the, what's the Kathleen Fanning go-to song to raise your energy and bring some joy into your heart? Well, I have a few different, but I thought, oh, I love it. Yep. I'm in Ireland. I know where you go for your weekly, your yearly pilgrimage. So it has to be the Galway girl. Oh, Steve, the Galway girl. Steve Earle and Sharon Shannon. The best version. Okay. Gets you moving and it's How's just it a bit of fun. Is this the Ed Sheeran song, but like by somebody else? Or no, it... different actually. Okay. I like his too. I like his too. No, completely different. Okay. Just has the same name. Okay. Give me a little something. How does it go? I know. I can, it's in my head. In but your head. Okay. Yeah. Move your shoulders. Show me. Is it like fast, yeah. slow pace? <laughs> it's kind of a, well, do you know Steve Earle? He's kind you of a folk country kind of a, so oh. there's a, you won't be hopping around like Beyonce yeah. or, you know, but it's, <laughs> you definitely are up moving, moving with moving. it. I love yeah. it. Galway girl. Okay. He fell in love with the Galway girl. Oh, okay. Yes. So and thank story. you. So our Spotify list is, is up. Growing. So if you, if you want, oh, is it? Oh, absolutely. Good. Control it, delete Spotify. It's already oh, up. Good, so good, good. Go good. find it, put that on. And we'll put your, you will put your song on there. Um, and I, and I normally just end right here, but I feel compelled to ask you this question. You know, if there's one wish you had for everybody listening today, what's your wish? Mm. I really do wish that people, that we all would find that 
giftedness in ourselves and really believe how much we bring to the each of us bring to the the workplace to our family to our life and not be thinking about all the stuff we and judging ourselves and criticizing ourselves just know that we are here because we're meant to be and each day we each day that we touch somebody we've succeeded this do you see why i asked this question everybody i know you just heard that right you are worthy you are valuable you are more than your job oh yeah right you are more than your title you're more than the car you drive thank you where you live yeah. right your soul is here for a reason and we yeah. are blessed because you're here and let's keep connecting and finding the greatness in others and you know my call to action for you today share this video in your teams in your families have a conversation about this agree or disagree but share the video have a conversation and see what shows up for you you might be surprised yeah and Kathleen, I see the gift in you. I am so glad you graced us with your time today. You are. Oh, thank you, you for inviting who, me. And absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's wonderful yeah, to be in your space. Me. You have such a gift with words too. You took my little few words and you just made it beautiful. Uh, well, your little few words are very powerful, my friend. Okay. Right. They're very powerful. And the thing I know about you is whenever I've needed a friend, you've been right there, Right. And that's something about Kathleen. And you guys saw, she was doing coaching questions the whole time. <laughs> I just talk. Kathleen's like, well, what about this? And what do you think? So she's, <laughs> she's quite skilled, my friends. Um, yeah, call to action, play this video, share it with somebody, have a conversation. What does a kind workplace look like? Mm. What type of boundaries can you have at home? How might I feel less overwhelmed today and ask for help or receive help, right? And then watch how your day feels better. And, and when yeah. all else fails, go put this Spotify playlist on and get your body moving. Cause that helps too. Kathleen and in Ireland, they'd say, go make a cup of tea and you'll be fine. Oh, go make a cup of tea and you'll be fine. Right. Exactly. Cure. I just love it so much. Thank you for your time today and for your, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. wonderful. Thank oh. you. You're doing great work here. This is these, this series is just oh. amazing. Thank you. Well, Thank everybody, you. make it a great day. And Kathleen and I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Take good care. That was great content, but let's be honest. If you don't get the support you need and start making changes in your life and work as a leader in tech, you can expect regret and burnout in the near future. Lisa can help you get kick-ass results at work without burning out so you can be present for the moments that matter to you and your loved ones. Take your first step at RebootWithLisa.com.